0: 2005 God gave us an assignment as a church a divine encounter with a man in the Sudan Pastor Stanley Lo Nathan and he has knit our hearts this congregation together Pastor Stanley is the founder of Sudan for Christ Ministries he has birthed the Dreamland Children's Home with 102 children soon to be 350 orphans let's give the Lord a hand New Generation Tabernacle Church, a large growing church there. Pastor Stanley's the chairman of a large evangelical organization in the city. He also has planted churches in his school at the Dreamland now, almost 200 children uh, opening to the villages also. The school that he has started and his wife at the base, over 900 children right now. A man who I believe has laid down his life to answer the call of God to touch his nation and that he believes and I believe and we believe standing alongside him he is called by God to change a generation and train a generation that will change their nation and I believe the day will come when we will see the South Sudan as a light to the African continent for the love of Jesus Christ let 's give a warm welcome to a man of God, Pastor Stanley Loner.
1: please sit down. Uh, thank you so much for giving me this the opportunity to stand behind this pulpit. I bring you greetings from the South Sudan. It's not Southern Sudan anymore. It is South Sudan, and this is the flag. Yeah. And uh, so I bring you greetings too from my wife, my three children. And uh, greetings, indeed, from the 102 children at the Dreamland the children I carry in my heart every day. So when I am here, I see them standing alongside me, even in this pulpit. And thank you so much for receiving me here as part of you. I believe I am home and uh, you are my family. Amen. 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 Um. We will share a little bit today, but I just feel in my spirit that somebody is, uh, is faced with a major decision making. I don't know who that is, but I feel somebody is being intensely pressured to take a decision and that decision is wrong. And the red light is right in front of you. I don't know who that is, but you know that it's wrong. So, yeah, thank you. So what we will talk about this morning is what is in your hand. And that will take us to the story of Isaac. I will speak slowly. And uh, if you have any trouble, if you have trouble understanding some of those things, you can raise your hand stop me and I will say it again, amen. Uh, Yeah, and this is a story that relates perfectly to my own life story. And this is Genesis chapter 26 from verse 1 to 4. And then we will read verse 20, uh, verse 12. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands. And I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be Blessed. Abraham was dead, and I believe Isaac was hopeless because Abraham died, and shortly he was faced with another tough situation in his life, and that was famine. He depended, I believe, on Abraham for strength, for wisdom, for counsel, and for warmth, and for companionship. And Abraham died, and then there was famine. I believe Isaac was confused. He was in despair. He was disappointed. He was frustrated. And I believe in his mind, he was already deciding some things to do on his own to save his life and to save the lives of the people who were directly under him. And then, in that confusion, God spoke to him. You know, sometimes God comes when we are confused. So God comes and he spoke to Isaac. In verse 2, you will see from verse 2, then the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt. He began to give him instructions that do not go. I want you to stay. I want you to live. You see, he wrote there twice. He said, live in the land. And again, he said, dwell in this land. And in these two verses, you read four times the word land, land, land. Because I believe it is very, very important to God and and, and this is a principle that Abraham understood when he asked Heth to give him a piece of land so he can bury his dead. And Hath said, you can take this land for free. He said, no, I will pay for it, and I want a title deed. Because this is the only thing that Abraham would pass on to Isaac. And Isaac would pass this land on to Jacob and the generations that will follow. So land is very important, I believe, because anything you have, anything you want, comes out of this land. So we are called to occupy, to possess land. So this is what happened with Isaac. And Isaac, in this setting, he stayed. He obeyed God. And this is exactly what happened to me. I perfectly identify with Isaac. I was a student that was sent to Egypt back in 1990. And after I graduated from the school I was sent to, I became confused. I became afraid. I was in despair. And I began drinking. Just to forget my challenges. But it's Strange that every day I wake up, every morning I wake up, my problems woke up with me. So I was going down and down and down. Until one day, God rescued me through somebody and I was led to the Lord Jesus Christ. And in a very short time, I was plugged into a church where I began to be discipled and I grew very fast. And I became a leader in that church, leading a group of African and Sudanese brethren in that church, which was 95% Americans and Canadians. And even when I was walking with the Lord, after I got saved, but I was still hopeless. I was still confused nobody answered some of those questions that i had and i tried all the tricks that young people knew or young people know and in that time our main agenda was to run away from egypt to relocate to the u.s to canada and anywhere we just want to leave egypt because there was no job and the jobs that we did where we worked in the houses of people, it was not easy. And one of the things was that it happened that UNHCR opened up their office and uh, they were offering refugee status for the Sudanese in Cairo. And we scrambled, we went there and uh, took their forms and filled them up. And unfortunately, for any refugee status to be accepted in the UNHCR, you have to lie. And uh, I gave all those lies. That I was a political detainee and they beat me up and uh, they did all sorts of things to me. That's why I ran to Egypt, which is a big lie. Because I did not run to Egypt, I was sent by the government to study. So, we also sought refuge in many of the embassies. Somebody would just come and and tell us that in such and such an embassy, um, that embassy is giving opportunity for Sudanese to relocate into their nation. So it happened one day we went to the Danish embassy and we spent the night. It, It was winter. It was very cold. So that was the situation that I was in. Very confused and didn't know what to do. Even when I was saved. But in that confusion, the word of the Lord came to me. And God spoke through one of the people in, who was part of uh, Victory in Tulsa, Oklahoma. She was in Egypt as a missionary, and she was to start, to start VBI. And uh, she gave me exactly this word in Genesis 26 in verse 12. And she said that in this land, in this dry, dusty, and desert land, God is going to do something in your life. And you are going to possess lands. And I believed that word. Immediately, this word was challenged i was tested very big test and very lucrative test as i said earlier that i was the leader of the african and sudanese members of that particular church which was 90% 95% americans and canadians the pastor was from canada and uh, one day the ambassador of the Canadian embassy called him and told him, I hear that you have Sudanese refugees in your church and I want you to send all the families in your church to me, to the Canadian embassy and we are going to process their relocation to Canada. And when the pastor called me He said, this is the offer from the Canadian embassy. And you know your people. So come up with a list. I came up with a list, all the families, and even more other single people because they still needed more people. And in that list, I did not put my name. And the reason was because. God had given me two choices. You can go to Canada and miss out on what I just told you. Or you can stay here and become a blessing to other people. And in that time, God removed the desire to go to other places from my heart. So I stayed. And all the families... I listed and sent their names to the embassy. Within three months, all of them went to Canada. And when they discovered that I was the person who did this, they were making fun of me for those who did not go. They were making fun of me and calling me names. But I told them that um, I know what God wants to do in my life. So I went to VBI and after nine months we graduated immediately with three other people we went back to Sudan. In fact, to Uganda on our way to Sudan. But I came to find out that God always does not show you things that will happen to you even as he leads you into your destiny. He gives you one piece at a time. And if God had shown me all those things that I was going to go through, I would have said no. Yeah. I would have said someone else to go he allowed me first of all to burn all my bridges I had nothing I was alone I was by myself when we left Egypt I bought only one way ticket no return ticket so we went to IA, and on our way to Ye, we were arrested in Arua for no reasons, and put in jail. I don't know what you call it, prison or jail or whatever. I think it is jail. And for three days, we were in that jail, no case. And after the three days, we were deported to Sudan, a land that I did not see for nine years or ten years. And there was war. The idea was to gradually go to Sudan, not to go immediately that that time. We were to settle in Uganda and do some things in the refugee camps and then make trips to South Sudan. But it didn't happen that way. Forcefully, we were deported, this is what they said, we are going to deport you. So we were deported to Sudan. And when we got to Yale, this is where we are today, we were arrested. All our passports were taken and we were made to report to the security office every day for six months, sorry, for one month and they were monitoring us monitoring our movements we will not leave ye until after that one month so and what happened in isaac's life what is the most challenging thing in the life of isaac i believe that time is in verse 12 that then Isaac sowed in that land. Because Isaac believed the word of God, even in his despair in, and in his confusion, he believed the word of God. He knew that there is something bigger behind the smoke screen. The difficulties and the challenges that he was in was just for a season, and it was a time of training. So, I believe the Bible has not told us here that God told Isaac to plant. Then Isaac sowed in that land. This is what I think is something that Isaac felt in his heart. That what he had in his hand was not even enough to feed him for one day. So if it is not enough to feed him for one day, it's better he does something about it. And he chose the right thing. He planted it. And the Bible says here that uh, Isaac reaped in that same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. So my question is, What happened between the time Isaac planted and the time of his harvest? What was going on in the mind of Isaac? Maybe going back to dig that seed and see if it was growing or if it was dead from time to time? I think this is the most difficult part in the life of the believer And this is the reason why sometimes when God challenges us to do this kind of thing, we back out. Because we don't know what happens between A and Z. So I ask questions, I ask myself, what was Isaac feeding on between that time? I call that the darkest hour. It is the hour of confusion. It is the hour you don't know where the next meal will come from. And I believe it was a challenge that God was laying before Isaac so Isaac could depend entirely on him. And this is what happened to me. I believe between the sowing and reaping, it took time. It is not like the way we read it in the Bible that Isaac sowed and he reaped. You know, he sowed and he reaped. But he sowed and he waited. It is the time of waiting that is a problem. We don't want to wait. We want it today. Maybe tomorrow. And to me, God allowed suffering to be a package of what I was going to go through. Suffering. I believe this is what people want to avoid all the time. Nobody wants to suffer. And this is what God did to me. I don't know how he he will do it to you. But I suffered big time. And since I had nothing of my own, I had no money, I, possessed, I had possession of nothing. But what I planted, what I sowed, I believe was my own life. I put my own life on the line. And it, it, it was not easy. I believe this is what Jesus said. In John 12 and 24, paraphrasing this is what he said that unless the seed is planted, it will remain just one seed. But when this seed is planted, it will bring harvest. And Jesus was talking about himself. He was talking about his life. And I believe I am talking here about my own life. Part of me was dead. I was walking dead. Scared sometimes. Afraid sometimes. And God surrounded me. On every side by himself. Nobody to turn to. And nowhere to go. I had no air, t- air ticket. I had no visa. And the pressure was too much. Sometimes three hours in a foxhole. Because the Arabs were sending planes. They are called Antonov fighter planes. And they drop bombs every day. In the morning, noontime, at night. So sometimes we are glued in the foxhole for three hours. And we sweat there. And we are afraid because sometimes you find out that somebody you talked to an hour ago is already dead because a bomb landed near where he was. We were hungry because sometimes we didn't know where the next meal was going to come from. Those are the things I said earlier that when God, if God had shown me all those things ahead of time, I would have taken any exit. But he didn't. I complained and I cried. Sometimes I didn't pray for a long time. Sometimes I didn't read my Bible for a long time. Sometimes we fasted because there is no food. We fast. But. I believe in all those things God. Was doing something in me. He was dealing with me. So between 1998. To 2008. Such a long time. Of waiting I had some people some people walked away from me because they are disappointed by the things I did by the things I said and in that time of waiting though I have been I, I was recounting to you all those challenges that I went through but somehow some good things also happened to me. And one of those things I believe it is the walk of faith that God has brought me to. Because in this waiting time, I have got to to begin to think about family. I have got to begin to think about children and about marriage. And God brought my wife to my life, but the challenge was we pay bride price. We pay eight cows, and cows are very expensive, and I didn't have that money. We were engaged, and there was pressure from my wife. When is this going to happen? Yeah, so what happened was that I was challenged. I was reading things, materials, and one day I got a, mat- uh, a magazine from Joyce Meyer. And in that magazine, Joyce Meyer wrote something. She said, we are relocating our office from this place to another city. And we are building, and the building costs a lot of money. And I am challenging Christians to help us build. And she made a statement. She said, If you help build God's house, God will help build your house. And I believed that word. And I asked God for that seed to plant. And God gave me only $20, very precious seed which I could have eaten. I could have used because we badly needed money that time. And I prayed, sealed this $20 in an envelope and sent it by mail. And by the grace of God, Joyce Meyer got that seed and she wrote me back. She said, We are standing with you, believing God for a miracle in your life. And I say, yes. So we kept writing back and forth. And within six months, somebody was moved from Cairo all the way to come to Uganda. I did not talk to her about marriage. I did not talk to her about my difficulties, my challenges. I did not share to her that I was going to marry and I needed money i didn't but when we met the first thing this person spoke to me at the airport in uh, in uganda i went to receive them and she said here is your envelope and i have been carrying it for a long time i don't want it to be stolen so if it, it if it is going to be stolen let it be in your hands and I knew in my heart that this is the harvest of the $20 I planted. I badly wanted to open it. <laughs> so, when I got home, first thing I did, I opened the, the, the envelope and counted $1,150. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, this is a breakthrough. $1,150. This is such a huge amount of money. Back home. It was enough to take care of my marriage, my rings, my wedding gowns, suits, and paying for our food when people came for celebration. So it took care of everything. And we still had enough. To go somewhere for a one week honeymoon. Oh. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) So, when I wrote back to I wrote back to Joyce Meyer, I told her of the miracle. And she replied and she said, I still carry that letter, but I forgot to come with it. And This is a letter that I remind myself. I remind the devil whenever I run into some difficulties. So, those are some of the good things that God did to me. And God taught me to begin to walk by faith. Believing him for everything I needed in my life. And above all, I knew that it was not me. Because what God was doing through Isaac was the next generation he was trying to reconfigure the mind of isaac to think the way he thought because god always thinks on continuity and he was tuning isaac to begin to plan to work towards leaving something for the next generation and this is what he did he had land that jacob inherited Jacob had land that his children, the Israelites today, Benjamin, Natanyahu, and the rest of the people, Irel Sharon, and all of them had what Isaac received from God, or Abraham received from God, and he left it to Isaac, and it continued. And this is the thing that has made me to become bold. It, it's, it's not about me. It's about the next generation. And it is about paying price. It is about sacrificing. It is about laying down our lives for the next generation. Otherwise, we will not do anything significant in our lifetime to God. So, in Genesis 26, we will read those, those two verses. Verse 2 to verse 4. He says, do not go to Egypt, live in the land, dwell in the land. I give these lands and to your descendants, all these lands I give. I believe this is what I said earlier, that this is what has made Isaac excited. And this is what has made me excited. Even last night when I was talking to Rela, she reminded me of this word. That it it, it, it is land that God had promised us to have. Land he has promised us to occupy. And now, I think it is exactly what God has done when I look back. I do not have any problem at all acquiring land it becomes easy. We negotiate, it doesn't take time, and we have it. As I said yesterday, that when we got the land for the Dreamland, it was in 1999. We didn't have any money, nothing, nothing at all. I was just by myself. And we went into agreement with these people, and they were asking me, what is your vision for this land? That you are asking so much land, and you don't have anything now. And I told them the dreamland often the children will be taken care of here we will have a school we will have a medical clinic we will have a church we will have Bible school and we will have vocational training school we will have everything on this piece of land and they got excited and gave us this land but between 1999 to 2008 nothing was happening there for several times other people came in to take the land to renegotiate with the elders and the landlords but it never worked because god's hand was already on that land and sometimes i was confused sometimes i began to even confess negatively that we have already lost this land but somehow God kept it for us. So until 2008, we began to see the fruit of the perseverance that we had, even between 1999 to 2008. That is why we now see those children. And we see everything that is happening, and we becoming a blessing not only to the children in here, but children are coming from all over the nation. So, Genesis 32 and verse 10. I think we will close with that. Genesis 32 and verse 10. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies. And of all the truth which you have shown your servant. For I crossed over this Jordan with my staff. And now I have become two companies. This is the confession of Jacob. When he ran away from his family. He was just by himself. And he went where he went. And God blessed him when he came back. He said here that he is a company, a company of a nation. So this is my confession today that I came, I was just by myself, it was just my own life that I planted, but now I am a company of nations. I am a company of people, and I still carry some of them in my spirit. Some of them that I am calling forth to come and join me, some of them that I am calling to be trained to do the things of God, they are in my spirit, but I am a company of people. If I had chosen to live in Egypt or to relocate to come to the U.S., if I had gone to Canada or indeed any other place, I believe I wouldn't have done those things that we are doing today. And all this is by the grace of God, All this is because of obedience and all this is because of the challenge that God laid before us, the challenge of the next generation. And uh, I don't know how he is going to lead you. I don't know how you are going to write your story. But for some of you, maybe you think it is too late, but it is never too late. It is not too late at all. God will help you to write your history. God will help you even as he changes your destiny. He will help you to use you. And he will put in your mind and your eyes to see the next generation. And this is what will get you excited. It will get you happy to get into the business again of helping people. So... This is my story, and this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. And what is the end of that? <laughs> okay. Thank, yeah, thank you so much. And uh, I think it is short. I will turn the micro- microphone over to Pastor John.
2: I want Pastor Stanley to pray today for us, for you. Maybe you're in this place. You know, if you want to stand up, it might be nice. Why don't we go ahead and stand and just take a minute? Because I want him to pray. You may be that person here today who's facing that decision, who's facing that challenge that he spoke about in the beginning. You may be here today, and you may be that person who's like him, who God spoke a word to you, and and he told you that this is what you're supposed to do. And everybody else left and everybody else went away. And you've stood here for all of these years and wondered why and how. He shares his life story and he left out many parts, I'm sure, along the way for time's sake. But there were many years that went by where he had to continue to say, this is what God said. This is what God told me to do. So in this place, you can just bow your heads right where you are. I'm going to have Pastor Stanley pray. And maybe you're here today and you say, man, that's me lands you know he told me to stay he told me to do it i don't know why but i need i i becoming discouraged i'm coming i'm becoming confused disappointed just as he explained with isaac and just as he explained with if that's you you can just raise your hand right here so we can direct our faith and direct our prayer you say that's me that's me i need that encouragement i need that i need that agreement maybe you're here today and you'd say I need to go home maybe you're here today and God's speaking to you and said you've been running and you've been running and you've been running but it's time to come home maybe not home to him maybe you're walking with him but running from something he called you to do maybe you're here today and you would say that's me I I, I need to come back to what he told me maybe you tried to escape Egypt maybe you tried to go as Pastor Stanley had been tempted by Canada and the U.S. and those places. Maybe you're here today and say, I'm not doing the thing that I know I'm supposed to do. Maybe that's you. You just raise your hand right where you are. All you just uh, raise their hands, raise them again, put them up there. Pastor Stanley's going to pray today for us, for you in those situations.
1: Hallelujah. Oh, Lord Jesus, we believe it is all about you. It's not about us. It's about those things that break your heart. That, Lord God, we ask that those things will break our hearts. We know that it is about people. That's why you came. We know that it's about people that you laid down your life as a sacrifice and we want to do likewise oh lord you have done so much in our lives and we 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 want to reciprocate to give you back that we may go where you want us to go that we may stay where you want us to stay lord we ask that you will ignite that fire in the hearts of these people who have raised their hands oh lord wherever they have been discouraged we ask that you peace will come into their lives where they are confused we ask oh lord god that you will give direction a clear direction to them oh lord jesus and for those oh god who attempted to take a decision that will negatively affect their lives and will cause them to not go further with you and we ask oh lord jesus that you will help them to step back And to only do those things that you have called them to do. And we pray that this dream will come alive in them, oh Jesus. In whichever way you are leading them, we ask that your grace will be sufficient to them to take the next step. Where there are challenges, a lot of needs here and there, we ask that you will meet those needs along the way. That these people will live the life of faith and that they will walk by faith and not by sight oh thank you jesus thank you lord thank you thank you we ask that you will help us help us together to embrace the call of god in our lives that we may do those extraordinary things for you that we may not be ordinary and natural people doing the same things every year doing the same things every sunday doing the same things every day we pray oh lord for new things new things in our lives, a new dawn. We believe this is a new dawn, a new day. The old has gone and the new has come. And we thank you for this challenge. We will take it by your grace. We thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name.
2: Amen. 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 Give Pastor Stanley a hand this morning.